Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. All right, so we got a special episode here. This is the first time I've done a recording with somebody face-to-face. Wow. I'm joined here today by none other than the great Bob Stolzberg. Oh, so, wow. Bob, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do. Give us a little bit of a background. Wow, thanks for the intro. Thanks to all the listeners for being here and uh, spending some time and giving us your attention. You could be anywhere, but you're listening to us, and I'm grateful for that. And, and uh, Dave's just an amazing podcast, so thanks for having me as a guest. Uh, hey, folks, I'm Bob Stolzberg. I'm the founder and CEO of Voice XP. I started Voice XP back in January of 2017, so it's been three years. Um, we basically build voice apps, and most recently, we released a platform that allows anybody to create their own voice app uh, with no coding. It only takes minutes. Um, and the voice apps that they can create are, are premium, meaning they're built for businesses to get ROI, and they do things like send text messages and emails. Uh, but we didn't start that way. We started off three years ago building custom skills for businesses, and we were really looked at as an agency or a services model. And uh, this year, we in 2019, we pivoted to a SaaS model with our product and platform. So. I like to think I've been around a little bit. Some of our customers are Hallmark, CenturyLink, Mercy, TiVo, Clayco, Square, Banner Health, um, Amazon. We've, we've got a lot. And what's, what's great is I think we've covered a lot of ground, meaning we've delivered for a lot of different customers doing diverse things, both on Alexa and Google and Samsung. So by, by being early in the space, uh, that's really helped us out because it's given us the insight into what customers want, where the technology is going, and, and certainly given us some edges. And um, like, for example, we're the only ones in the world who have a Craigslist simple platform to build skills with these advanced features that, you know, you can deploy this stuff globally. So mm-hmm. by being a first market mover in voice has been awesome, but it's been a lot of work uh, and a lot of uh, trial and error, a lot of failures too. So I think it's cool. Like I wanted to bring Bob on. Bob's local. We're both St. Louis guys, and so I said, "Hey, I want to get you on the podcast." And he's like, "You want me to come on live?" And I was like, "Yeah, why not?" Why not? <laughs> so it's cool though because you know Bob has been in this space, like he said, for three years. And the reason I wanted to bring him on was as like we're we're recording this in the middle of December, twenty nineteen. And so we're heading into 2020, and I'm thinking, all right, I want to get somebody on that can sort of shed a light into like what those first few formative years were like with somebody that's been on the forefront of Alexa and just voice technology in general. And so, Bob, why don't you share with us yeah. like in this first few years, you know, let's say call it 2017 to 2020, mm-hmm. even a little bit before that. Yeah. What like what have been some of your biggest learnings? as this thing has evolved and matured and the way that you sort of view the technology today as opposed to maybe initially when you first started to get involved in this space? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I don't think you need to hire an expensive agency. 
I know you don't need to hire a developer for this because we built a platform that allows you to crank this stuff out. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about voice where you know you really need to dig into a strategy, <clears throat> excuse me, and figure out, well, what are we going to do? Who's the audience we're going to go after? And, you know, I mean, it, the simple answer is you need to treat your voice experience just like your website. And, you know, when I talked to my customers, I said, when you launched your website in the 90s or, or 2000s, whatever it was, you had something really simple. And, you know, it, it told people about you, your products and services, and, you know, you maybe had a form on there that they could opt into and contact your sales or something and get your contact info. I go, start with that. Yeah. You know, you don't need to have this campaign that needs to run and attract a certain demographic. It's great to have a contest or, or some purpose for your skill, but you should just treat it as a basic identity. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just seeing, uh, you know, we worked on really big $100,000 campaigns down to $2,500 to $100 a month skills. And I've just seen how easy it is now to create these voice apps with the right tools. And a good marketer should know how to market their website. And by looking at it through that lens, going, hey, if my voice app is just like my website, how am I going to get it out there? They're able to do that. So I think one of the biggest things that I hear all the time is this idea of, you know, like what exactly, okay, so you get to the point to where you understand I need a voice presence, right? I need, like you're likening yeah. it to a website. So totally. I need a voice website. And I think where the rubber tends to meet the road is, you know, you, you understand that you need it, but you don't necessarily know what you're going to use it for. So can you speak a little bit about the clients that you've worked with that have been successful? Like, call them use cases or just call them the ways in which they're building these. Like, what are some of the most, even as basic as they might be, like, what are some of the best ways that you've seen various clients of yours implement this? Yeah, uh, the, the most successful customers are the ones that have a marketing plan wrapped around their skill that integrate, uh, I should say, their voice app, you know, their voice experience that will just we'll, we'll homogenize it in any of those words, you know what we're talking about. But they have a plan on how to market it. You know, they'll set up a landing page that tells people, here's where you can go to download slash enable it. Here's the questions you can ask. Here's some videos that show what it, uh, what it does. Uh, and then they'll integrate it into their other omni-channel marketing so that they can drive new users and re-engagement. And sometimes it's, I mean, I tell my customers, the best customer is the one you've already got. Yeah. And so if you can, you know, hey, we're going to launch a voice app and then we're going to send an email blast to them to get those uh, existing customers to engage with it and then do that consistently, that's, those are the most successful customers. Um, that use it in a way that, that generates an ROI for their business or aligns with a strategy. Mm -hmm. For example, I'll give you two good use cases. CenturyLink, um, you know, we started working with them to create an Alexa skill that turned into a, an Alexa marketing campaign in a box. And what they did was they sent out devices to sales prospects. They, you know, nice Echo Dot. Yeah. I mean, no one's going to throw away a $50 Echo Dot back in the day nor today, and they included a card with all the questions 
that you could ask their Alexa skill. And obviously the card said, hey, enable the skill um, and then ask it this stuff. But that was very successful for them. I mean, they got more meetings. It increased their sales. They renewed for the two years later. Um, it, it was just a successful marketing campaign. You know, another example was with what um, Square did, and they were onboarding new employees. You know, the director in HR said, you know, I want to try something different. And we basically gave Echo Dots to these seven new employees and sent them home with a list of questions to ask an Alexa skill. That was, it was really hidden at the time. It was private. You know, there's so much about brand and uh, marketing that they wanted to keep it on the down low back then. Um, but what the result was, these new hires came in on day two and got onboarded at home from Alexa. And, you know, it was, at, you know, tell me who are the founders of the company. Tell me about Cash App. You know, and it, it was just basic onboarding. Yeah. And the feedback that they provided was, this was awesome. This was so exciting when an innovative, relevant company thanks for the device. I mean, there was genuine excitement from it. So um, that's since scaled, and, and you know, that's another use case for human resources and sales, for that matter. If you want to train people, you can have your own Alexa skill that onboards them, whether that's sales or a new hire. Um, you know, we also did something for a really big pharmaceutical company I can't name that talked about um, safety procedures, like what to do if you get chemicals on you. Um, so those types of trainings and processes are things every business can use. Mm -hmm. It's just do those, does implementing this technology in that way align with a business strategy or does it solve a problem? Like, are they going to spend money on this thing because it's going to reduce time or expenses? And if the answer is yes, they're in. Yeah. You know, like, hey, 100 bucks a month for an Alexa skill that you can send your people home with and they come up on day two as a new employee fully trained. That's huge. You know, they didn't have to waste a day doing computer-based trainings. They could do it at their time. You know, so all of that, you know, are we increasing productivity and efficiency for the business? Those are the things that make successful business-related voice apps function, you yeah. know. I mean, so for me, like, I think that this idea that you've mentioned where you, you know, you, maybe you think about it as a extension of your customer service for your best customers, right? You know, it's like, these are the people sure. that I want to ensure that I retain. And so I'm going to send them this and you design it with that in mind. I, I'm thinking about Clayco too. Like Clayco is a good example of, you know, this idea where they're communicating with their uh, with their clients, and, yep. and so Clayco is a construction company. They, it's a design firm, and you know, so they do a lot of the big projects here in St. Louis about all kinds of architectural builds and stuff like that. And so, what they'll do is they'll have, you know, for a project for any given project, they'll create an independent skill for that, and they will have communication that can be relayed, like what is the status of my pro project? Yeah. You know, what are uh, some frequently asked questions with it. So I think to your point, I think something that's been really uh, like noticed is because of the simplicity, you know, with building some of these different voice experiences, not trying to boil the ocean, just trying to simplify data and make it so that you can retrieve information. Mm -hmm. um, it totally. seems as if that is one of the big learnings that has been found is what seemed daunting has now been realized that, okay, Actually, what maybe the, the route here is, you know, you take a, a, a key customer, you figure out what exactly it is, and then 
you build something specific, maybe even for just one customer. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So it's, I think that, that that was a misconception early on was this idea that you had to build something that was all-encompassing in this grandiose skill. Right. In reality, really, the simpler the better. Absolutely, 100% right. Yeah. So, okay, moving into, you know, the next phase. We'll 2020, yeah, yeah. 2020 and beyond. You know, you were just at reInvent. Yeah. I know that. So tell us a little bit about, like, the way that you're envisioning this continuing to mature. Like, okay, sure. so we just talked about some of the learnings from the past few years. How do you see the world of voice and all the hardware that's affiliated with it? Like, in your eyes, where does this thing kind of lead into next? Voice will be built into everything, everywhere. That's it, period. It's ubiquitous. Um, Excuse me. One of the big announcements that came out recently is that they got Alexa down to the size uh, of something smaller than a dime. That, you know, it's one megabyte of memory to run everything. And so if you make a piece of hardware, whether it's a watch, a... um, uh, earbud, a headphone, mm-hmm. anything, you can build Alexa into it. Like even a light bulb, a socket. Yeah. You know, those are the things we commonly see. Sure. But I mean, because Alexa voice can be built into such a small form factor now and easily integratable, it's going to be everywhere. We see it, you know, the writing's on the wall if you just watch TV. Uh, and specifically, guys, if you want to see some really good stats on voice, just watch the. Uh, the Google App Store and the iPhone app numbers after Christmas when everybody plugs these devices in and they got to go download the app to see it. But it's in cars as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I forgot which one, but they're, they're coming out every day <clears throat> where cars are being built in with Alexa as an option or the default voice. And so, you know, I see everybody just driving down the road in their autonomous cars and maybe you'll pass a billboard Oh, I'm hungry for pizza. Alexa, ask Emo's Pizza, send me a coupon. Or, oh, I just got in an accident. I just passed a billboard. Alexa, ask Cantor Injury Law, what should I do if I'm in a car accident? You know, oh, pull over, get safe. Would you like to talk to a lawyer? Yes. Instantly your phone rings and it's the lawyer on the other end. Like that's how I see things working. Um, So voice everywhere and with, with IoT and 5G and cloud, I mean, voice is really the uh, the thing that ties all of that together yeah. because it's a user interface. It's going to command, control, and extract data. And so, I mean, my big bet is to build the platform that allows any business to get online with voice, kind of like a GoDaddy, but also to build their voice experiences like a, a Wix or a Squarespace, you know, a website building tool that you can just easily build once, deploy everywhere, and put any type of information into these experiences that you want without coding. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just a voice everywhere world. Yeah, that's and Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. So one thing that, I mean, like I've thought about, so like the wall socket, for example, you know, it's mm-hmm. like, uh, so if where the, I'm, I'm curious on your thoughts is, okay, so if Alexa is truly everywhere, 
how do we manage all the invocations? You know, how do how do you determine um, that my wall socket's going to speak to me instead of my smart speaker? You know what I mean? Totally. Like, do, you have, do you have any thoughts? I on have how no that? good answer for that. Okay. Like we, I often say that we call it a platform problem, right? Like yeah. that's a limitation from Amazon or Google, yeah. and they'll eventually fix yeah. it, right? And it might be, you know, in this case, just spitballing. Well, because it, it might be a far field microphone, it can detect you know, where you are, how many feet away, and these devices are all gonna talk to each other. Uh, and the, I, th- I think they already do now in some cases, but I mean, they're gonna follow you yeah, without a doubt. So that way, if you're commanding something in the other room, I mean, the music can already follow you now. True. Um, I think what people don't see coming is how voice and cameras really integrate. Yeah. And so, I mean, think of it, if you're, people are putting Nest you know, doorbell cams all over. Well, why wouldn't you put a camera in every room of your house that's just the AI is recognizing who's where and then can tailor the experience to you, right? The lights follow you on. Mm-hmm. It's not just a motion sensor, it's, it's camera-based. Yeah. And with cameras and a voice integration, the cameras will be able to detect, to detect the emotion and some more context than the voice might not normally be able to pick up and therefore, you'll see a lot, because of this context, you'll see a lot more personalized experiences. And that's the key. A personalized experience might be the lights being dimmed or a different color or you know the music playing uh, a different stream, station, whatever, based on your mood. Yeah. And the AI recognizing and being proactive to adapt to that. Now, that might be scary to some people, but there are <laughs> so many others who are like, I would love that. You know, you walk in the house, I had a bad day, suddenly, you know, the whole environment changes. Yeah. Um, I mean, and another thing that people don't realize, because Amazon has so many services, they're really good technologists. And I mean, I see them releasing APIs for stuff all the time. They have a, like a baby monitor API. <laughs> I mean, so if you, we're going to live in a world where everything is an API. And because of that, data will be very extensible and retrievable. And so, you know, part of the Voice XP platform, because it, it acts as a CMS, it doesn't just build skills and actions. We make that content extensible and available via API calls because we envision a day where maybe your website or another voice app or something we don't know about just wants to grab the content like the answer to that question totally. and not have to go through Alexa yeah. or Google, right? It's right. it's more like, I don't want to say open source, but it just makes it accessible and openly available. Yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right there with the whole API piece. I mean, I, I totally agree there. I think that your Emo's Pizza example earlier, you know, it's like, I'm hungry, I want a pizza. And you can just imagine that this is working on your behalf in the background where it's it's actually proactively notifying you there's a there's a special running right now at Emo's Pizza, you know, and, and the way that it's fetching all this yep. is because it's running 10 API protocols at once. Yeah, so here's how it's gonna work, okay? I'm gonna I'm gonna predict this goes down Q1 2020. I don't. I hope it works this way. <laughs> You're gonna see a billboard, and you know, uh, Alexa, ask pizza shop, whatever your local pizza shop is, 
send me a coupon, right? And you can imagine the billboard. It's got that really nice pepperoni pizza, the toasted raviolis if you're from St. Louis. Like it's, it's got the thing and it's got the little Alexa icon with the phrase, Alexa, ask Emo's Pizza, send me the coupon, right? And it's in the little bookerly font that Amazon uses. So what's gonna happen? You're gonna be driving, you see that billboard, right? Maybe you're driving with the kids and it's Chuck E. Cheese or Kentucky Fried Chicken, whatever. You're gonna say that phrase to your Alexa. You don't even have to have the skill enabled. It's gonna auto enable it and then run that specific intent. So uh, if I'm driving right, I didn't have this thing enabled. Dad, dad, I wanna get emos, I want some toasted revs. <laughs> Alexa, ask emos, send me the coupon. Okay, um, would you like me to use your Alexa contact information or would you like me to send it to a different mobile phone number? Contact info. Okay, great, I've just texted you a coupon. We hope to see you soon. Ch check out our Toaster Rav special, done, right? So what just happened there is they're gonna either grab your info automatically from the provider or they're gonna ask for it. By the way, that business just generated a lead that is yeah. a market qualified lead because they know you asked for a coupon. They got your full info. If you gave them permission, most likely you will. Suddenly by doing that, you are now in their machine, their marketing machine where they can retarget ads and you know send you more stuff because they've got your phone number, yeah. email, mailing address and if you like our platform you can businesses can download the full contact info and send push notifications to users who opt in yeah. so if you auto enabled that pizza skill you gave it permission for notifications suddenly they can send you a push notification anytime they want to yeah. and you know abiding by the marketing rules that the platforms set up which is not too difficult to bend they can start sending you more um, friendly advertisements, you know? I mean, it's not spam, it's, yeah. it's you opted in for this thing yeah. and you joined their thing. So customer's happy because, hey, they just got texted a coupon to go use. They could even, you know, the experiences are also gonna go, oh, hey, I can get your location information. Would you like me to connect you to the closest, you know, place so you can place an order, yeah. you know? Or that skill's just gonna ask you, would you like me to take your order right now? Yeah. Yeah, I want two pepperonis, you know? I mean, the point that you made there that I think is, uh, it's the key point is if we do get to the point where you're actually able to, you know, it's auto-enabling this all on your behalf and you have, you know, again, this is why Amazon is such a, it's, it's such a behemoth. They have your Amazon pay info in there, right? So you can imagine that more or less, it benefits Amazon, it benefits the retailer, you know, or the pizza mm -hmm. company, because like, just like you said, they've just captured all the information that is stored in their Amazon account. And so it's, I think that's gonna be the big aha moment here is that companies are gonna realize this is an incredible way to capture customer information in a way that, yep. you know, yeah, sure, you could proactively as the user go and, um, download their app or go online and order the pizza and, and you give them your information that way but this is a real like a pull method I mean mm -hmm. in a way that we haven't I don't think we've seen it in this capacity before because it's more convenient to just ask and people are more reluctant to give you the information on a web form yeah and what is most important is we're gonna see the rise of in situation invocations Right, yes. you're, you're, I was driving, I was in a car accident, I saw a billboard to ask a personal injury attorney, what should I do? They just generated a lead. By the way, those businesses pay a lot of money for those leads. You know, mortgage companies, real estate, 
um, personal injury and attorneys. Like the, some of those cases are worth a lot. They pay hundreds, if not thousands, of dollars <laughs> for some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and so voice just gives them that opportunity. And that's why I tell people, like, you have to be there right now because people are asking this stuff. And, you know, what I've learned to answer one of your questions earlier is right now the buyers are still the innovators. Yeah. The people that are risk takers that want to take a chance, that want to be relevant, get ahead of their competition. Um, those, are, those are the ones. Like, it's, it's the market still hasn't flipped yet. Yeah. I love what you just said there, though, that in-situation invocations, mm -hmm. that is on the money. And you're right. And I guess that, you know, to me, I wonder, is do you see the onus being on the user to retain all those invocations? Or do you think it is a, it's a true guerrilla marketing thing where, as a company, you need to be out there making customers as well aware as possible mm -hmm. of what that invocation is? Because yep. just to your point... You don't need an injury lawyer until you need an injury lawyer, but you've seen that billboard a thousand times, and it's been, in, you know, it's been branded in your brain. Yeah, I think. Well, the onus is on the marketing people to put that information out there for people to, to know what to ask. Like nobody, like that's the biggest barrier. I use the skill. I say help. Right. Well, there's probably 50 things it could do, but the help money is only going to tell me 10 of them. Mm -hmm. It's up to the marketer to really come up with consistent graphics, however they're marketing. Right. It might be on the radio, for example, um, and pe where people hear that intent. And one of the platform problems today that will obviously it makes common sense that it's going to be solved is you have to say open, start, enable, yes. launch. Like, no, you, you won't have to do that. You're going right. to see the magic phrase on a billboard. You're going to say that, and it's going to just work. Yeah. And the platforms will solve that problem because there's so much outcry from businesses, developers, and they get there's a that's a barrier. Yeah, totally. You know? I think it's one of the biggest barriers. Right, and once that barrier is down, um, then I think it's going to be a mad dash for the marketers of the world out there to try and lock in those phrases. You know, like who's the best pizza in St. Louis, you know, somebody's <laughs> yeah. going to want to uh, get that in there so that it totally. responds with their skill. Well, let me, let me close it out. Uh, hey, guys, if you are interested in voice, you should go to voicexp.com. Sign up for an account. It's totally free, no credit card required. You can start building a premium Alexa skill in minutes. And, I mean, this thing can answer questions and answers. You can upload pictures as background images. It sends text messages. So if I say text me a menu, I'll get a text message with the menu or the link to it attached. And then um, you could, it'll make phone calls. So if I say, like, contact sales, I'll go, okay, what's your phone number? And then it will call me, and then it will connect me to the sales department all automatically through Alexa. So if you want to see the most advanced voice app building platform out there and try it for free to help your business, just go to voicexp.com. And send me a message. I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn. Just search for uh, Bob Stolzberg or VoiceXP. But, hey, guys, thanks for your time and attention. Yeah. Thanks you, Bob. Thank, and thanks for everybody for tuning in this week. We'll chat with you next time. Cheers. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in, and I'll chat with you next time.